We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios and presented by STLTaxLawyer.com, The Danger Zone. We're talking IRS this segment with, yes, uh, Smash. Yeah, I was wondering why you played Danger yeah, Zone. Yeah, I think Danger Zone, something IRS, bothering you or what, IRS story? issues. Sorry. Yeah, that's Danger Zone. We're going to talk cryptocurrency with a that's good buddy of mine, Alex Kugelman, uh, who hails from San Francisco. Alex, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mark. Good to be with you and Smash. Absolutely. Right. So Alex and I, we go back quite a ways. Really? Um, we met in D.C. Yeah. Uh, we were both tax lawyers. He was clerking on the U.S. tax court at the time. I was working for the DOJ. Uh, played some hoops together, Smash. Really? Yeah. Alex, what are you, 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? Oh, no, no, 6'4", man. 6'4", <laughs> he's, he's got a great head of hair, so with the hair, it's... Alex, let me ask you, man, because Milton over here is just bragging on his hoop game. Does he have game at all, do you do you think? You know what? He's got a solid low post game. He caught me with a jump hook. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I was embarrassed. I, I can back him down with the best of them. He wasn't ready for it that first time. Now we had a good group of guys that used to get together. At, actually, at the Georgetown Law Center. Oh, yeah. They had a gymnasium there. Nice. Uh, it was a group of... Guys from the tax. I don't even know how I ended up getting involved with that. I think I met Alex at a tax nerd lawyer uh, happy hour uh -huh. in town and uh, told me about the the hoops game they had over yeah. at Georgetown. It was right across from my office, so we'd play. I don't know, was once a week maybe. Um, good yeah, time. Yeah, pretty fun. We get a couple a couple judges out there. You know, which you always have to play uh, <laughs> play with the uh, the white gloves. You know, be careful. <laughs> when the judges out there. You can't you can't go hard as a judge. Yeah. I can't set that mean screen that I normally would. Uh, yeah, I mean, because some of these guys were kind of old too. You were somewhat concerned about what could happen if yeah. you really you know backed them down hard into the right. post. Destroy but, a career. Alex's calling card. He used to wear. He used to rock the retro. Uh, throwback jerseys. I think he had a Vladi Divac Lakers jersey. Oh, really? Am I right there? What else did you have? Yeah, I, really what I loved, I had a pair of Reebok pumps. I, that, I brought those back. I'm still waiting for those to catch back on. I had a set of pumps too, man. They were kind of like cool but preposterous. That's awesome. Yeah, no, they're incredible. Yeah. Well, so Alex so Alex was in D.C. We were there but around the same time. He moved back uh, to California, settled down in the San Francisco area, Uh started his own firm uh, as a tax resolution attorney, um, doing similar work to what I do now, uh, but really found a niche uh, in the cryptocurrency space. Uh, you know, Bitcoin, uh, yeah. whatever, you know, there's a million different cryptocurrencies out there. Um, and this is something that has become a real priority for the IRS in terms of people using crypto as an alternative currency, making sure that people are reporting their you know, transactions, because yeah. the IRS treats it similar to a stock, right? So if uh -huh. you buy it as an investment uh, and hold it and you end up selling it for a gain, the IRS expects you to report uh, the, gain. the gain on your on your taxes. And so, Alex, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm and kind of how, how you got started, how you got into the crypto space? Um, you know, like you said, I had a typical uh, tax resolution firm, and um, back in 2016, the IRS served um, a summons on Coinbase, which is probably the biggest U.S. Um, uh, cryptocurrency exchange. And so I started getting calls from, from concerned people who may or may not have worked at Coinbase and kind of, you know, it seemed pretty clear that they were going to report a lot of information. So I just started kind of learning about it. And, um, 
you know, just realized there are a ton of people out there that were, you know, involved in the space, really interested in it, and uh, really had taken no uh, no efforts to really kind of consider the tax implications or be serious about uh, what was coming down the line. Hmm. Let me ask uh, real, real quick, and, and it, crypto in Greek, I'm Greek, crypto means secret. Crypto, you're talking... What's the secret on this whole thing? What is being hidden in this whole deal? Because it's crypto. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, technologically, it's not something I'm an expert in. But what I think I'd answer that question is, is that, you know, each part of a, you know, if you think of cryptocurrency as just a, an asset, it's going to have two main technological components. Mm-hmm. It's going to have the uh, kind of a public and private key. So the public key is going to be on the blockchain that, you know, which is a public ledger. So everybody knows that Smash, you own a certain piece of cryptocurrency. Right. But so for you to kind of safeguard it, you're gonna you're gonna have access to a private key. Um, and it's, I think it's that private key that you that only you hold, mm-hmm. which gives you kind of ownership and control over it, is what would be the kind of the private part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and talking about the the legal issues involved, you know, I handled a case, Alex, as you know, um, down in Springfield, Missouri, that involved crypto. It was one of the first criminal cases brought um, involving cryptocurrency. And when, you know, you and I have both seen the IRS, you know, like you said, the summons uh, to Coinbase, other efforts to uncover, you know, who are the people out there doing this? So what are some of the issues you're seeing, uh, you know, the concerns, uh, the types of the types of cases you're getting that are related to crypto? Um, you know, it's kind of all over the board. I mean, I think I think the starting point with the IRS, right? The first thing is, and you probably see this, Mark, it's just people just don't understand the IRS, right? They have tremendous fear of it, right? Because the IRS is a, you know, an agency that does have a lot of power, but it's also an agency that's somewhat, you know, it's underfunded, so it's not the most efficient agency. So a lot of people lose sleep with IRS issues over really small stuff, right? But when it comes to, you know, any sort of IRS compliance thing, the thing that they care about is kind of material failure to report. So the stuff that I see that goes criminal is usually going to be, you know, very clear, cut and dry. I own a certain amount of cryptocurrency. I sell it for fiat or U.S. dollars, and I never report that transaction. I mean, anybody listening to this can understand, hey, there's a, you know, there's a taxable event there. No one reports it. That person, you know, didn't report their income tax. And there's potentially an issue. Um, but most people who come up with issues with crypto, it's the fact that it's very complicated. Um, from a reporting standpoint, right? Because if you think about, you know, you have your, you know, your brokerage account with, you know, Charles Schwab, you know, you do whatever trades you do. Um, at the end of the year, you get a, a 1099B or a 1099 consolidated. They say you sold X amount of stock. This is your basis. It's long-term, short-term. That's reported to you. It's to the IRS. It's very clear, you know. Um, with cryptocurrency, it hasn't gotten to that point yet. So what happens is you can engage in a lot of activity trades that, um, are going to kind of uh, incur tax better taxable events, and then you get to you know April 14th, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, uh, what, what do I report here? And to kind of piece that together can be pretty complicated, um, and that's where most people have issues, right? And that's um, you know, and that's more of a question of what is the gain or is there a gain? Um, and, and that's kind of a, an accounting question at the end of the day, and just kind of more, more just complex than probably the average person wants to deal with. So Mark played Danger Zone to start up this set here. <laughs> Superman fears crypto night. I'm asking you, what should the public fear off of this form of crypto? 
Um, you know, I, I don't think they need to fear anything. I mean, I think what, you know, I think if, if you are somebody, there's probably two people, most people probably have no idea or have never owned any cryptocurrency, right? Right. right. And the reality is, is that at some point, probably in their lifetime, digital assets will become a part of their um, financial life. Uh-huh. And whether that's they actually control and hold digital assets or maybe the institution that they bank with or they use for their lender will, will use digital assets that replace other kind of you know transactions that are internal there. Um, for those people, it probably just want to start learning about it. You know, I, I, you know, if you want to read about it online or there's a bunch of documentaries, yeah. you know, on Netflix and other type of streaming services, just to kind of educate yourself. It's kind of interesting, right? So that's, I would say that's for the most people. For other people who have engaged with cryptocurrency transactions, I mean, a couple of questions. One, have you reported anything on your tax return? If the answer is no, then you got some homework. Um, if the answer is yes, then you probably want to make sure that, you know, you did a, a put in a good faith effort to getting the, uh, the tax right and keeping all your records because, you know, unlike most, you know, unlike most things that are reported on a tax return, you know, for most people that are earn a salary, um, have retirement accounts, all that stuff is tracked for you. It's usually going to be a single year item and kind of move on. But for people who maybe have businesses and understand that you might have a loss that you carry forward, um, those issues stay live on a tax return for many years. And you need to keep the documentation, you know, related to that because in five years, if you get audited and they're asking you about your basis for something you bought in 2020, well, you're going to need the records from 2020 to show that. So it's kind of a matter of getting into establishing good practices and keeping good records and kind of tracking the accounting um, or having someone do that for you. Yeah. And Alex touched on the, uh, the Coinbase summons. And I think it's important because from my standpoint, you know, when I talk to people, it's, you know, it's not a matter of if, but when, if, if you've, if you were dealing with Coinbase and had over 25 grand in transactions, they provided that information to the, to the IRS, right? So if you're somebody who has not reported your, your transactions and you're in that area of, you know, just kind of confused and not, you know, you just didn't really know what to do. Um, you know, it is a good idea to go back and, and potentially amend returns and, and report because at some point, I mean, they're going to connect the dots and you could face an audit. And, um, so from my standpoint, it's good to get out in front of it with somebody like Alex or somebody like me. I don't do, I've had some crypto cases here in St. Louis, but Alex, I mean, out there, you know, you're closer to Silicon Valley. I feel like it's just a much bigger deal out there as far as people, people, uh, you know, engaging with the stuff. Yeah, and there's just a lot of people who are like software developers that got involved in this early, and that's, there's a lot of software developers out in this area, so that's kind of a natural connection. But, um, you know, I think the other thing, you know, going back to Coinbase, you know, the, the, the summons issue has kind of been playing out and kind of, you know, fairly fairly well down its path to kind of working its way through. But, you know, even worse is that what Coinbase has been doing is that for anybody who has any sort of activity, not even taxable activity, but activity that exceeds a certain threshold, They've been reporting that on what's called a 1099K, which is usually what a, if you have a, a small business or a restaurant and you have a credit card machine, that's what you get at the end of the year saying what your gross sales were. So people have been getting this that reports, um, you know, these gross activity. And if you have cryptocurrency account with Coinbase, I could send in $10,000 of cryptocurrency a day and pull it out every day. Not taxable at all, just, just in my personal wallet, my, my, hard, my storage for my cryptocurrency. Hmm. Coinbase is reporting that to the IRS and people didn't realize that. And I have clients who have, who have really, we're talking about 
$5,000 gain or $10,000 gain or, or a loss. But this 1099K is showing gross amounts in the seven figures. And the IRS is just sending notices saying Coinbase reported $2 million of activity. We think your correct tax is $1.4 million plus penalties and interest. Yeah, so and it's, a, it's absurd. It's absurd because, I mean, the 1099K is not intended for that. I know that Coinbase, you know, was was pleading with the IRS, like, help us, like, work with us to come up with the reporting system that will work, right? I mean, that was the talk yeah. a few years ago, and it just never happened. So they continue to do this 1099K thing, which is, yeah, it's just, it's a square peg in a round hole. I mean, it just doesn't make sense for them to be doing that. Um, so that's, can, I, can I ask a question? Sure, sure. Yes. Smash. <laughs> Smash. So what, would it take, what would it take you to get involved with cryptocurrency? Uh, a belief that something positive comes of it and that the negative that may come of it is the negative that is just part of the game. It's not, uh, shall we say, man-made. Well, you asked me before the show, you said, why would I, you know, is it an investment? Yeah, I think most people get into it because they think it's going to go up in value. Well, I'm listening to Alex over here. I'm listening to you over here. And I'm thinking to myself, whatever happened to U.S. savings bonds? <laughs> we used to have savings bonds, man. Now you kids got this crypto stuff and everything. The only thing I know about crypto is Superman didn't like it because the kryptonite made him weak. I don't want to be uh -huh. weak. What would make it possible for me to get into crypto, because I am, just use the term, an investive gambler, all right, <laughs> is I would need the kind of money that I believe it takes, and you need at least about 10 Gs, don't you? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. it's like any investment. But I, I, I think, what, I mean, I guess, you know, cause I don't actually have a lot of cryptocurrency. I, I have very little. Mm -hmm. right? And... Um, I, I just find it kind of interesting, but I think, you know, when I first got into it, people talked to it, talked about it as a kind of the internet 2.0, right? And I uh -huh, didn't right. really understand what that meant. Yeah. And I probably still don't, but to a certain extent, it's, it's what's we, what's kind of unusual is that all these problems that Mark and I are talking about is the result of people viewing it as an investment, right? And the question becomes, you know, it really wasn't designed to be, you know, that wasn't, this primary purpose wasn't as an investment, even though Bitcoin is kind of a store of value, mm -hmm. but there's, there's, thousands of different types of cryptocurrencies, right? And there are other cryptocurrencies that are, that are, they're more function based, right? And the idea is that, you know, at some point, other technologies would use these other cryptocurrencies as kind of the foundation, right? And then easy ways to kind of then transfer, you know, value or other types of things it could be title and property or, or, or other, you know, other assets. So it's not in and of itself, I don't think it was really intended to be an investment. And that's why I think it's kind of interesting for people just to kind of learn about it because it's, again, I'm not an expert. I don't pretend to be, but you know, it is kind of fascinating when you, and when you kind of talk to people who are involved in it, they're, they're really believers in kind of the long-term, um, the long-term, um, kind of the staying power of cryptocurrency. Well, and I think there's so an underlying fear from the government and Alex and I actually, we, we did a panel together with a CI agent, uh, a couple uh -huh. of years ago. And I think there is a fear that like, the, the promoters of this, the people that are, I mean, that it will somehow replace the modern, you know, the the current right. monetary system yeah. or, or the, the dollar and things like that. That's what it looked like also, to me when I first read on it. Yeah. And there's also, you know, there is, there have been issues with, you know, the dark web and people yeah, right. using it right. as a way to launder money and, and engage in illegal activities. So there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of concerns with it. I think the problem is like in the case I handled you know, the law hasn't caught up to the, the technology, mm -hmm. right? So they're trying to, you know, whether it be they're telling people they have to register as money transmitters. Well, I don't really think that that's right because that's not what that law was intended for. But law enforcement is trying to kind of 
combat this or, yeah. or go at it in ways that I don't think are really, you know, these laws aren't designed to do that, but it's in a, increasingly, I think, become um, something that the legislature and Congress and the IRS are going to have to just deal with. Hey, Alex, I tell you what, what would get me to invest in this crypto coin, crypto, whatever it's called, would be for me to see Milton buying in. When I see Milton buying in, I'm buying in. I do not. I don't have any. I looked at, I mean, like, like I, I mean, had I done it back when I first learned about it, I'd be, you know, they, I would have made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but my whole thing is if I don't understand something, then I don't really want to invest yeah. in it. And right. I still don't really yeah. understand it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what my baseline. I don't. It's got to be sold to the public, Alex. It's got to be sold to the public easier than what it is, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I'm just not that smart. Well, it's got to be sold on a headline basis. Like, like the public reads really the headlines and maybe the first paragraph. It's got to be sold on a headline basis. A one or two liner explains it, and that's it. Otherwise, people ain't going to read deep into this. People don't want to jump deep into something. They have to study up and all that. They just want the headline and then get the impact there from. I think Alex is I, you know what? Yeah, go ahead, I, Alex. I think that's totally right because I think one, one way that I view when I kind of got involved in this, it was that – you know, if you think about the internet just today, how you use it to shop Amazon, Google, um, yeah, and all the other things, right? Well, this is 20 years ago with a dot-com bubble and stock, right? That's and right. It, everyone kind of thought this was going to happen, but then what happened? It kind of blew up and it never really took place. And it just took longer for it to kind of to get some um, some tread, right? Yep. But once it did, and then kind of kind of massive adoption right. happened, then it's, oh my God, this is obvious, right? Yeah. Everyone saw this coming. Well, and the smartphone right? and obviously think, helped there too, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so I think I think it'll, I think what you're saying, Smash, is right in the sense that until it has some sort of function, someone figures out how there's function that everybody can use in a very simplistic manner, um, I think that's going to be kind of the, 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 the barrier for it to kind of, for, kind of for mass um, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us all the way yeah, from uh, San Francisco. We appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. Um, Smash and I, uh, do you want, you want to stay on while I do a live read, Alex? I think you'll appreciate it. Oh, I'd love to be on. All right. I got one last question. All right, go ahead. They yeah. still uh, they, they still play San Francisco by the village people as a theme <laughs> to the city. What, what's going on over there? You right mean YMCA? Now? No, San Francisco. <laughs> you never heard of no. the village Dave, get the village people San Francisco ready to go here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that song, but uh, he's an Orange County native. He's an Orange County, Orange County native. Youngsters, but go ahead. Yes, you had a an endorsement. Oh yeah, well, put forth. hey, Alex, they probably won't come out to you to provide service, but Smash has a lot of sump pump issues, toilet issues, and so we always try to refer people to our great loyal sponsor, Bright House Plumbing, exactly. for all of their plumbing needs, anything they need when it comes to plumbing. Yeah. Brighthouseco.com, Bright House Plumbing. Can help you out. They also do junk removal. Yep. Um, so, that, you know, this time of year, you're, you're stuck in your house, maybe cleaning out the basement, cleaning out the garage. They can help take care of any junk you may have. Mm-hmm. And they also do power washing. So power washing your house, the exterior, any concrete hardscape you got, they can take care of it for you. So be sure to check them out. Bright House Co. Bright House, excuse me, brighthouseco.com. That's Bright House Plumbing. <laughs> For all of your sump pump toilet needs. I'm going to play this. Thank you, Dave, for getting it up there. I'm going to play this for you two guys. This is San Francisco by the Village People. All you guys know is Macho Man. Or Listen to this. This is a masterpiece.
All right, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. All right, Alex, Alex Kugelman, KugelmanLaw.com to learn more. Again, Kugelman. They didn't even say San Francisco yet. That's all right. We don't need to hear that. KugelmanLaw, K-U-G-E-L-M-A-N-Law.com. Did I get it right, Alex? You did. Happy holidays, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Happy Alex. holidays. Merry Christmas. I got to say Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, which we'll man. talk about in our next segment. Uh, Merry Christmas, Alex. We'll talk to you later. Right. Bye. All right. You're listening uh, to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. Again, check out Miller Furniture in Belleville and Lake St. Louis for all your interior needs. They can shop online, MillerFurniture.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. If you're looking for something before the holidays, maybe after the first of the year, give them a shot. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed with the quality or the price. They've got it all. Be sure to check them out. Smash, you got some closing thoughts? Well, my closing thought is this is the first really situation I've ever seen you in where you've taken such a control that it lets me know <laughs> what my place in this organization is because they didn't even sing San Francisco. They didn't even sing that. It was that blaring man. in my ear. I couldn't handle the volume. It was too much. I'm sorry, Smash. Someday. Some, someday. So I'm going to do that to you, man. All right. Sounds good. You're listening to the Mark Millen Show with the Smash.